three, two, one. Hello, and for the final time, welcome back to the Texas Private School Podcast. Well, not the final time ever, the final recap episode of the 2022 football season. Guys, I know we're a broken record, but this is absolutely flown by. It feels like two weeks ago we were starting the first episode of the season, and now we are wrapping it up. It's crazy to think about, but as always, I'm one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis. And Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder joined me from College Station in Stillwater, Oklahoma, respectively. Guys, it's been a heck of a year, as some would say. I mean, I had such a good time being able to cover all of these games. Walker Lot, you first. We'll get more into our experience at State here in a moment. But just uh, what are your thoughts on quick overview on what you saw this past weekend? Yeah, it was honestly a great weekend. I apologize if my voice is a little uh, rough, but a uh, great week. Um, great to meet a lot of people. Um uh, you know, finally meet some people face to face, see some teams we haven't seen all year personally, and it was just overall a really good weekend, man. It's it the it just is re- the reason why we love doing this, man. Definitely so, Ryan Schroeder. Same question to you. Absolutely, it, it's my it's been my favorite weekend of the year. Getting to just um, as genuinely as I could say, spend it with y'all and spend it with all the guys in private school. Your thoughts on the past weekend we experienced? I had a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun getting to go down to Waco. And just be with y'all and, you know, and get to meet a bunch of more people. I know I, we meet we meet more parents, more players, more, um, you know, tap staff, you know, every single time we're down at these events and stuff like that. So I'm just really happy to get, you know, meet the community after all this as well, you know, because you know, as well as we're promoting, you know, private school athletes. And that's our mission, you know, also is building community is right right there next to it. So it's been a ton of fun. And uh, I had a really, really good championship weekend. Definitely so. You know the time had to be really, really good if we enjoyed ourselves in Waco, Texas. No, no, just kidding. No shade towards Waco or anyone that goes to Baylor. But, you know, there there are <laughs> – never mind. Hey, hey also, both, both of our siblings go to, go to Baylor. That's so, a good point. That's why right? I get to rag. I can, right? I can rag on it. She'll rag on it so I can rag on it as well. Right. But also, in all seriousness, shout out – I like what you said. Shout out to the TAP staff. I mean, we, we have built a really good relationship with them over the past two years. They're very friendly with us. They give us media credentials to go and do what we do. Do on the field so you know i want to say a special thank you to taps for genuinely putting on a great event this week and everything went almost completely smoothly mm-hmm. aside from a quick fire alarm in the last game which i'm <laughs> sure we'll get to at some point but moving on to the last time this year we are going to recap the aggregate pick records last week i had a perfect record of four and oh ryan walker went three and one and guys i um the the pick record trophy is back where it rightfully belongs with its rightful owner. I have a whole acceptance speech and a transfer video that um that me and Ryan did um as we were leaving. Uh, I don't that'll probably be put out somewhere if I get around to it. I have it on my phone, but you know I, I'm so proud to have this. And honestly, I I think we all did pretty well in our pick records this year. Ryan, I will give it to you. I finished 167 and 67. You finished 161 and 73. I finished with a 71% um, win record. Your record, your percentage last year actually was better than mine by, I think, about four percentage points. You finished with a 75% win record last year. So although I win this year, you still have the best one overall. So congratulations to you last year. But, you know, any any quick thoughts, Ryan, you first on the pick records um, overall this year? You know, we, we did pretty well this year. I, I just going back through it, you know, since I was the one that was um, usually t- trying to tally it up. You know, there are some weeks in the beginning of the year that we we started off really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, like we're talking below 500 for about every last one of those. Um, it usually comes when you start picking against Liberty at the beginning of the year, and then they start winning every game. That's usually what happens. Uh, and then like, you know, picking, picking against Fort Worth Christian, and then they start winning every game. Uh, Mm -hmm. but no, seriously though, it was like, it was, we, we learned stuff throughout the year, learned about the teams and, you know, shoot, Wes, you went four and oh in the championship game. So that must've been really good for you. That's uh, that's the second time someone's done that. You, I was looking. You went four and zero last year, so we always have to have someone that goes oh. undefeated in the championship. But you know, it goes well. Walker Lot for the final time this season. Your thoughts on the aggregate pick record? Uh, yeah, I think like St. Michael's and SES probably kept do a lot of those eighty four. Uh, but hey, that's technically still passing in college, so I'll take it. 
to wrap it up, um, their pick records more or less give us some credibility that we kind of know what we're talking about. You know, I, I think that it is plus it's just a lot of fun to be able to compete. And it um it gives a good talking point week to week. So we're always very, very thrilled to do that. But that will conclude the conversation on the pick records for this year. Now we get to move on to some fun stuff and talk about the matchups that we saw this week. We're going to go D1 through D4 in order, starting with Parrish versus Prestonwood, the second game of the first day. Listen, uh, Parrish just came out and did Parrish things. I'm going to be honest. I forgot to even put the final score in front of me. Was it was it 31 to 14? 38 14. It was 38 to 14. Um, Sawyer Anderson looks even more impressive than he did in his freshman year. He had 256 yards passing and two touchdowns. Robert Burton was his main target. It seemed like who had 70 yards receiving Daniel Demery had a 36 yard pick six towards the, um, in the second quarter, I think. And then for Prestonwood, AJ Sibley had 121 yards on the ground and he looked good in the loss. And listen, you, you can't knock Prestonwood for this at all. It's, it's parish. I mean, that's just what it is. They're the best team in private school bar none, and they can go out and beat most public school teams uh, in the state. So, you know, you have to take your hats off to both teams, but Walker Preston, I mean, parish is the team that ultimately got the win here. Your thoughts on the pair on the Panthers dominant effort. Yeah, that's four straight. I know in only a while, you know, Shiner St. Paul, I believe now there's that they are officially the 12th team in Texas high school football history to do four straight with the other one of private school being Shiner St. Paul a couple of weeks ago or last year. But um, that's uh, just a, a mark of how good no coach Novikov is at his job. And, you know, they have, you know, the best talented roster in all of private school football, no doubt. But I think what is so impressive, of course, is, I mean, the coaching staff led by Coach Novikov does it does so good week in and week out for the past four years to get them to this point. Because remember, like when Preston Sun was his first and first and second year there, right? He didn't have this an elite team, and they they had to go through it together basically, and kind of go and figure out this parish of now how it is. And the offense that they run is so spectacular, and having the defense that they have with all those talented guys with the coaching there too, it's just so impressive, man. You have to respect that coaching staff because you know players come and go each year, but the coaching staff basically has stayed together for these past four years, and Coach Novikov has led them to a just a huge amount of success and you have to tip tip your cap to him man definitely so i made sure to make that a point in my interview with him that just to hit on their consistency like you said walker it's just it, it's not just the fact that they're so talented but it's that they do not slip up against private school teams the only team that they lose to are like elite public school teams it's just a testament to their discipline to come in week in and week out and take care of business and just move on it's very very impressive ryan schroeder parish versus prestonwood your thoughts coming away from the d1 title game so, I, and I know some coaches are not going to agree with me right now, and I know some parents will not agree with me right now, just because of the fact that we talk to different people. But, um, you know, when it comes to how, you know, this is ran, it's Parrish right here above everybody else because Parrish is basically a UIL team that can compete in 6A, right? Like, that's that's what we've kind of said at this point. Now, what I what I argue with that though is Preston was the second best team in all of taps. Some people will not will not agree with me on that, but that's what I believe. And Preston would couldn't even come close, right? They couldn't they had they played them twice this year, couldn't come close twice. So, you know, with that being said, I I think you just have to realize the gap that there is. If the second best team in taps you know, from what I from what I understand, can't, you know, even get close, then you know, it's just like I don't know. I, I think in a in a perfect world, you would see Parrish, you know, move out and, and, and do the Jesuit type of move. And we talk about it at least every episode now, but do the Jesuit move um, and, and, and move out to UIL. But I don't know. I, I, I just I think there's just such a gap. And yeah, we were making the argument on this past weekend. Is this team better than last year's team with Andrew Paul? Um, you know, obviously they've added key pieces. They've added Yusubio. They've added a couple other guys, but is this team better than last year? Is this the prime prime parish team of all time? You know, and if it is, you know, if they lose the South Oak Cliff by just three points, you know, it just kind of brings to, to fruition how good this parish team is. 
you said the word prime and I thought of prime prep, but we won't open uh, that can of worms. But, uh. but, but yeah, I mean, listen, uh, the parish is parish. There's not a whole lot of talking points I can go into here. Absolutely dominant. Coach Novikov has established uh, a staff athletes and culture that are unrivaled by anyone in taps and you had to tip your cap there's a fantastic end to a fantastic season for both the panthers and the lions of prestonwood christian hey now the i want to we're gonna i'm gonna do something i'm gonna ask a question oh no and you can say it it's the question i asked y'all both most of the time when watching this parish team what happens next year and we're gonna do this pretty quickly because it's an interesting thing I'm on their huddle sheet, so I'm going to kind of list the seniors they have leaving next year, okay? Daniel Demery, okay? Trey Williams, Austin Sattler, the center, uh, James Cave, Cooper Malin, uh, Aiden Gilmore, Cedric Mays, Comsi Arenza, Bryson Blackmore, Seth Scott, Chase Burton, Ian Ussery, uh, Conrad Binkley, Dylan Davis, the safety, and then Walker Anderson, the other corner, and then, you know, others and others down the line that I don't know how many I mentioned. I want to say at least let me look through it quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, fifteen starters. They are losing next year out of twenty two. That's that's a lot. So, we know Parrish has younger guys. They still have Sawyer Anderson. They have a lead offensive lineman with, you know, Lou and Pequeno and Ferris. They have Maggs Reed coming back. Parker Meese on the defensive side. Caleb Mitchell Irving's still going to be there. They have pieces, but they lose a lot of talent and a lot of power five talent in Daniel Demery and others. My question is to this, guys. What do you think Parrish does next year? Like how in terms of like, do you production? Th- do you think it they maybe not take a step back because they're still going to be good, but do you think it's going to be the dominant form of Parrish we've seen for the past two years? Yes, I think they reload. Um, it's simple as that. I I think they they will they will get guys in those positions. Now, are they all going to be as talented as the people that leave? I don't know. I mean, I can't say that right now in, in early December. Can I tell you what I think? Yes. I think they'll replace all of those guys with guys that are just as talented as they are. I mean, that's just what Parrish has done up to this point. I have faith Novikov will do that. And I think that, uh, I think that Parrish will look, Parish next year will look very similar to Parrish this year and Parrish last year and the year before that, et cetera, et cetera. But that concludes our discussion on that game. Now moving into the D2 state title game, Fort Bend Christian versus Fort Worth All Saints, a 42 to 30 win for Fort Bend Christian as they they get revenge from the season last year and they go out champions. Brady Dever had 350 yard 357 yards passing and two touchdowns. Ethan Williams had 100 yards rushing. Braylon Gardoni had 146 yards receiving where Brian Domino had 112 yards receiving. I mean this game was a fantastic one to watch. I think Fort Worth All Saints took a took a three or seven point lead into the half after a Chris Powell Freeman kickoff return. That kid's fast. The tech is tech recruited him for a reason. That brother can move. But I mean, in the second half, Fort Ben Christian came out and executed their scheme very, very well. I mean, Brady Dever did Brady Dever things, going for almost 400 yards. And the receiving core he has around him that I thought would take a significant step back after last year with the exit of Creatine and Donovan Dixon really did not. I mean, Braylon Gardoni showed just how good of a player he, and just how solid of a contributor he has been for the past couple years with a fantastic performance in his final game brian domino as well like i've said domino adds an aspect to this team that people almost just cannot understand how valuable it is and he really showed it in the state game and it led them to a 12-point victory in coach black's first championship and i think fort ben's first championship ever so walk a lot fort ben christian 12-point win over fort worth all saints your thoughts um, I think I want to talk about the defense first. You know, Brady Dever had a sensational game, but the defense of Fort Ben was very, very impressive. I mean, they basically stopped the run of Fort Worth All Saints, and when they couldn't get the all the running game going, they kind of had to let uh Spriggs pass the ball on some pretty good DBs. I mean, it was very interesting to watch. I want to see. Yeah, Esmond Jackson and Andre Minifield only had what 50 yards ish. 
60 yards total on the ground. That's not that good when Ethan Williams had 89, Kobe had 37. I mean, stopping the run made Spriggs pass the ball, and he went he went for 60% completion, which is not terrible, but uh, it was it was hard for them to do that, especially with the offensive line that they have. You would think that would they would be able to do it, but you got to give credit to that defensive line. Max Granville was all over Spriggs the entire game where he made Spriggs uncomfortable. There are so many photos I have of, of Spriggs getting run down by Max Granville. I think he probably had like what one or two sacks at least. Yeah. That, that disgusting game. sack at the very end of the game to see what. Yeah. I mean, Max Granville was that guy. He's a power five recruit for a reason. Um, and you got to give credit to the offensive line. You know, I made a thing and I saw the tweet that was like the other guys. Yeah. You know, I got it. I got the tweet and like you know, people, uh, I think Aiden Rhodes said that um, the other guys, because I said in the podcast, like <laughs> I said, Bennett Warren Robinson and the other guys are a really good squad. And he said, Hey, these other guys played really, really well. And you absolutely did. So hats off to you, man. I want to, and I want to mention these guys. I want to say, Nathan Robinson, Aiden Rhodes, Bennett Warren, uh, Lucas Vargas Diaz, and also Rhett Carroll, I believe, is the guys. If I said anything wrong, I apologize. But the offensive line was able to protect uh, Brady Dever to throw for 300 yards against a really good and talented defensive line of all Saints. And also, uh, they were able to run the ball in that defense. That's very, very impressive. So hats off to them, man. It's, it's a great, great effort. But yeah, you gotta give credit to this the whole team, man. They showed their dominance as the game went on, and especially the second half, they kind of just showed out, and it was very fun to watch, man. So, uh, great effort, great legacy that Brady Dever lives. A hundred plus touchdowns in his career from since his sophomore year, and ends out on a state championship. Hats off to you, man. You played a great game. Definitely so. Ryan Schroeder, I mean, it was, a, it was probably the best, not probably, it was the best game of the weekend to watch. Your thoughts on Fort Bend Christian winning state? I don't know. Was it the best game of the weekend to watch? I mean, D.C. Yeah. Cypress Christian is a, yeah. is, is a, I mean, I don't know. I, I think this game was the more, I, I don't know, actually, you raise a good point, but I mean, Actually, this, yeah, it was what it was one and it was one and two for sure. Like the, the D three yeah. and the D three and the D two game were because it kind of felt like Fort Bend had control in the entire second half, so they kind of got away with it. And, and but then at the same time, like you know, DC ran away with it as well. So, um, but yeah, fourth All Saints was up what fourteen seven at halftime. It really looked like they were in the driver's seat, and uh, you know. It, whatever coach black said to them in the locker room must have resonated with them. And, uh, they came out as a whole different type of human being in that second half. Uh, let, let's talk about this. Dever threw 39 passes in that game. Um, just kind of shows you that they love Fort Ben loved to rely on the senior quarterback in this game. And he got it done for them for sure. I mean, you know, that all the stats will tell you that he threw for the 357 total yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, he was that guy. So um, shout out to Brady Dever, but I, I really do have to talk about this fourth all saints team. They have played a great year this year, um, a team that, you know, you would have counted out after seeing some of their losses, but they played a really hard non-district schedule, right? They, they play Nolan Catholic, a team that's severely underrated just because they play in the North of D one. Uh, they get a good win against TC Addison. Holland Hall um, is a Tulsa school and they're pretty trash, but uh, uh, Preston Wood is a hard game. They played them by three points. Uh, the Pennsylvania game was, was uh, what's called, was a whole trip that, um, you know, turned out whatever, but yeah, Midland Christian, another hard game. Then they get into their own, uh, you know, that's the whole, and then Midland Christian is their own district. Christian's their own district. They beat fourth Christian. They get past Southwest Christian, and then they have to go through the whole entire pain of that again in playoffs. Right? So this is all I have to say. For the all saints went through a lot this season to get to the state championship, a lot, a lot of injuries, a lot of just overall painstaking, like, uh, obstacles in their way in order to get to the state championship. We counted them out, you know, in my opinion, although we were, they were, they were favorites from the beginning of the year. There was, uh, there was our thoughts at the end of the year that Liberty was the favorite, right? Well, they proved us wrong for sure. And uh, a heck of a year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do about Brady Dever and Brady. I want to tell you this. 
I'm taller, okay? Maybe this camera doesn't make me look that tall, but I am <laughs> taller. I, I'm. Do I slouch? Do I slouch in my chair, Brady? I'm, I'm, I'm as tall as you, if not taller than you, Brady. Yeah, yeah. For, for context, Brady Dever. The first thing that Brady Dever ever said to Ryan Schroeder in person is that you're a lot taller than I thought you were. <laughs> so, so does yeah. It, I mean, does anyone? A common blow. Does anyone else think I'm short? All right, I'm I six, did, I did, I'm six I, two. I, I, I did whenever we first started this. I, I, it was the angle. It was mostly the angle that um that your camera was at. At least when we first started recording, it made you look a lot shorter than you are. And then you rolled up, you rolled up in March 2021 to the College Station uh, basketball tournament. I'm like, holy! I was like, either I've shrunk or this dude's actually tall. But no, you were taller than I thought. But that will end our our, our conversation on the D2 title game between Fort Bend Christian and Fort Worth All Saints. Now. The either the number one or the number two best game of the weekend, depending on your viewpoint. Dallas Christian versus Cypress Christian for the D three state title in a game that Dallas Christian won twenty four to nothing, but was certainly not decided until late in the game. You know, DC only took what a ten to nothing lead into the half. But mm-hmm. in terms of stats, Zach Hernandez was the MVP in this game, in my opinion. He had one hundred and thirty four yards on the ground. He just the the kid was an absolute workhorse for the Chargers all season, and it was it was very very fulfilling to see all of his hard work pay off in the form of a championship at the end of the year. Uh, if Zach Hernandez wasn't the MVP, then it was certainly Speedy Nettles, who had four receptions for one hundred and two yards receiving, including a seventy two yard touchdown on a screen that he took to the house. I mean, the kid is a power five recruit for a reason. I mean, he's that good. Um, I'm going to be really excited to see how he performs in his final season next year and where he ends up deciding to play collegiate football because he is he is one of the best talents in the 24 class for sure. Also, DJ Lampkins on the defensive side had a 72-yard scoop and score as well as just being a defensive force all game. I mean, I hadn't he was a guy that I think was very under the radar, a guy that we hadn't talked about enough prior to this game, but he really made a name for himself in the state game. So you just have to take your hats off to DJ Lampkins. But Walker Lott, this game was was much closer for a much longer the time than we thought yeah. it would be. Your, your <clears throat> thoughts on the D3 title game? Yeah, um, I guess we'll first talk about this. Cypress Christian, you know, we all picked against them, but and because there is a lot of unknown and it's probably an easier track to get to the state championship from the South. And we, we had a lot of just kind of doubt about this team. I will give them this. You gained a lot of respect after the state championship game. And you should be very proud about that. You came in with the best game plan. The more at the, honestly, the start, the more disciplined team probably. And y'all just came in ready to play, ready to be, execute a game plan that coach Hogan put in beautifully. They just decided to, we're going to run the ball and we're going to drain that clock as much as we can. And we're going to play really sound defense. And they made Luke Carney uncomfortable. And they, and besides what two kind of maybe a couple big runs by Zach Hernandez. Um, it was a pretty good game by this defense for Cyprus. They made multiple sacks on the Carney, I believe. Right. And I want to give my cap to them. Like I want to say, so I'm going to say the, some of the names. I have the sheet in front of me. Number 50, Andrew Owen, the junior defensive lineman, got a couple sacks who was very, very impressive. Um, J.D. Potts was one guy at the linebacking position. Preston Hamrick was impressive. Um, and then, A, what about Maxwell Landry playing both sides of the ball and being a monster on both sides of the ball? Very surprising and very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. And, you know, 91 yards on the ground for Landrum. Warren had uh, 28 yards. Um, Warren Hayduck. And so you got to give credit to the offensive line against a pretty good defensive line of D.C. Now, and all that, I got to give my respect to them because they earned my respect after this game because they came in with a great game plan. They executed it really, really well. And honestly, if, you know, Landrum doesn't fumble that one ball. They it could have been a seven to three game, maybe at the half. That's how good they were playing their game. But as good as they were doing it, DC was playing bend not break defense, and they played it per, honestly perfectly and shutting them out. They would drive, you know, get the three to four yard gains. But anytime you think you had a little bit going into like the thirty five yard line of DC, it would be over. Like they would they wouldn't let you even farther. And DC's defense came to play in that second half, especially, and kind of shut down their offense. And you have to tip your cap to them. Even though Landrum was a monster trying to run the ball, 
that defense just was there to make that stops week uh drive after drive after drive and you have to tip your cap to them um Cyprus made an amazing game but I think just the the better team came out on top that doesn't I and mean, that's not discrediting Cyprus because they had a great game plan but what a team and what a win by coach Wheeler and these guys and as much credit we if we as we give Chris Hogan and this coaching staff, you have to give Coach Wheeler and his coaching staff being able to execute a game plan because we know Coach Wheeler comes to play with his defense week in and week out, and he has them perfect most weeks, and he did it again tonight. Definitely so. I mean, it was a very impressive effort by Chris Hogan and the Cypress staff to keep this game so close for so long, a very impressive scheme in terms of ball control. But you have to take your cap to Coach Wheeler and that fantastic staff that I think includes roughly 76 assistant coaches. (laughs) But, I mean, it was just hats off. Great coaching duel, great athletes on both sides. But somebody had to win, and it was D.C. Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on that? Yeah. I also want to bring up the fact that, uh, you know, Mr. Spinells himself also had an interception. He returned almost all the way down the field as well. Isn't that true? So on top of the fact he had his screen touchdown, he took for, you know, whatever. He also had a pick, you know, because why not play both sides of the ball when you're that talented and that athletically gifted, right? Uh, He's still got a year to go after this. Um, I know most of those guys want another ring. They were already talking about it. You can see in the videos that they, uh, they said they wanted one more next year, three in a row. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, seriously, though, this team is impressive. Uh, shout out to Zach Hernandez kicking all the kicks uh, because they didn't have their kicker, too, by the way. Three for three from PATs uh, and a field goal. Um, uh, so I just got to shout out Zach Hernandez. Uh, stepping up when when your team needs you most, uh, being the punter, the kicker. Someone put out a tweet. He was the running back, the punter, the kicker, uh, and his total combined points on the night was 12 points. So uh, really putting it in for your team is Mr. Zach Hernandez. But uh, I do want to talk about the Cypress Christian team because I want to make it very clear. I had a couple I had a couple guys in Cypress Christian DM me after the game, and I want to tell you this specifically, and I want to just say this. From what I said that, you know, I didn't ever see this team winning state was because of the inevitable you know, Dallas Christian Chargers, right? I knew this team would face Dallas Christian in the end and and Dallas Christian, you know, was going to wipe them. Well, Dallas Christian didn't really wipe them. This game was a lot closer than what it was. They're holding this team to one score every single quarter. You know, if they could get an offense running against this Dallas Christian defense, they would have been right in it. Um, But with that being said, this is what comes, this is, this is the reason why I, I start to question, right? It's, you know, four seniors are on the Cypress Christian team, right? You have uh, you have Preston Hamrick, you have uh, Maxwell Landrum, you have Christian Slabik, Slabik, Slabik probably, Slabik, and Luke Ramirez, right? Those are those are your four seniors. Now, your main senior is Maxwell Landrum, right? And I'm about I'm about to say this exact same thing for you know Lubbock in a second, but you have to figure out a way that the ball isn't relied on just one player the entire time, right? Because if 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 you can have someone step into that leadership position next year, then that's going to be what you have to do. I think currently the off-season strategy is how do we replace Maxwell Landrum and can you place Maxwell Landrum in order to make that comeback next year? You want to play Dallas Christian again, you have to figure out the offense because the offense ran on Maxwell Landrum. Credit to I think that's a big thing for Cypress next year, right? Because you lose well, you lose Cody Andrews as your star running back a couple years like last championship and Jackson Owen and the, and Griffin Fisk and all those seniors, right? They lost a lot of big senior class, but you still had the star in Maxwell Landrum. Now you don't have Landrum to play both sides of the ball and quarterback, so that's going to be the huge thing question mark going into the offseason for Chris Hogan. How do you replace Maxwell Landrum? And can you even replace Landrum? And if you can't, how do you bring this team to find other players that can like not just one guy replace him, but the other guys on this team replace him? And that's gonna be interesting to watch. I was yeah. also gonna I was also gonna say this. Isn't that Holy Cross team a lot younger too? Right? I, know, I mean Gibby's there. Right. Uh I Rudy's don't know. LaRudy's gone, Xavier Garz is gone. Is Joe Angel Perez gone? I don't uh, know. I think that he would is be a big loss. I think he is. Well, see, they have a lot to replace, but I do think I, mean, I, I was, think Holy I was just going to say, good. yeah, like I, you know, your path is still going to be, although it's one of the easier paths, you're still going to run into teams like a Holy Cross next year, 
you know, and a a senior Gibby Alvarado, right? So, you know, that's what I have to think about in that situation. Yeah, yeah I mean, it'll no, be it'll be a, a junior Gibby. He's a twenty five. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Oh, yeah, so I thought it was twenty four. No, he's no. just twenty five. But Joe Angel is a senior. You also lose Isaiah Forlez. So, I mean, the South and DV, D, Division Three is going to be kind of an interesting thing to watch next year um, with some younger teams coming to rise, and it's going to be interesting to watch for sure. I definitely think so. But after that extensive sidebar, that'll conclude our thoughts on the D3 title game. Now moving into the final game we have to recap, the Division Four title game between Lubbock Christian and Shiner St. Paul. Lubbock Christian thwarts Shiner's um, – What's the word here? Shorts thwarts Shiner's efforts towards a fifth straight state championship with a win 57 to 20. Max Townsend had almost 600 yards of total offense. He had 15 carries for 151 yards rushing. He went 22 for 28 for 447 yards passing and maybe the best single game performance we've seen in a state championship game between the three of us. I mean, we we have a small sample size of covering this, but I think I can say that pretty safely. But maybe barring Andrew Paul last year, but I still think backs might have the edge, but Brady Simmons was Bax's leading receiver with seven receptions for 181 yards receiving. There were eight different receivers for Lovett Christian. Just shows you how prolific this offense is and how the uh the softly um the softly scheme really works down there in Lubbock. Uh shout out LSCSN, our guys at Lone Star Christian Sports Network for the stats, John Walk, Dan Morgan, all of them. Um, really appreciate the work that they put in and got to talk to them for a long time this weekend. Got some really good stats, like we mentioned just here. Also, I need to shout out Robert Thomas from the Dallas morning news i he it's his articles that i'm getting all the other stats from for our recaps just genuinely very good guy we talked to him for forever in the booth but <laughs> before we get too sidetracked this game love it christian beat shiner 57 to 20 walker um very very prolific offense for love it christian yeah shiner uh i mean love it man what a what a what a season for them Coming down to Division Four and absolutely dominating every game. I would love to see what was it like? We said before the game, what was it like one seventeen to nothing in points scored against them? So you add it's like one seventeen. Now you add fifty seven and only allow twenty. The you only allowed twenty the last three games. That's just what a season for Coach Softly and those guys, man. Defensively, offensively, their squad was really, really good. I mean. Just so impressive, and you have to give your credit to them. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see. I know they have already their kind of quarterback ready to go when Bax leaves, but Bax, man, what a legacy coming in last year and just setting the tone, man. I was like so impressed to watch him play. He's gritty. He does what the dirty work of just getting those extra yards, and then he goes on defense and stops a lot of big time plays at that kind of the safety linebacker hybrid position and. Man, I know it's going to be sad to see him leave next year, but this whole team does not just revolve around him. All over those teams, they have very influential guys that made a lot of big time plays. Um, so it's 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 going to be it's going to be sad, to, of course, to see him leave. But you know they had guys like Luke Lee, I know uh, Luke Luke Zaniga, um, Joseph. Uh, yeah, Joseph for 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 Hugh. Yeah, yeah, number one. Yep. And then Hayes Hubick, the n- number six, made a big role as a freshman. That's going to be good. Joshua Haley. And then um, what was the other guy they always said? Um, they have Luke Lee, too. Yeah. So they have a couple guys who really made an effort. Um, but, you know, senior class leaves on a bang. Now, the Shiner team, right? You know, Shiner St. Paul, you know, goes to their fifth state championship. They win four out of five. And, you know, I know probably Coach Waxmith and his son wanted to win his senior year together, but um, what a legacy that the Waxmith, especially Jacob, leaves at uh, there. Elliot Peters, a great offensive lineman for them, too. Uh, a lot of those guys, man. But, you know, you have a couple, you know, you have Nate Butterker ne- back next year. Charles Pilot, remember number one, Wes, that looked, like, looked pretty good athlete. So they have a yes. couple guys that, you know, can't come back, and it's going to be interesting to watch. But, um what a way to the senior class to help out because we know we talked about Zach Johnson and Noah Bodeker last year because they were big influential guys, but this senior class helped those guys for three state championships. So hats off to them on a great career at Shiner St. Paul. 
Absolutely. Just so impressive to appear in five state title games, let alone win four straight. I mean, don't be surprised if China finds their way back here next year. Ryan Troder, your thoughts on Lubbock Christian getting a 57 to 20 win over Shiner in the division four state title game. So we're on the topic of Shiner for a second. So I'll talk about them. I think the stat, I think the stat, correct me if I'm wrong here, nine out of the last 11, right? I think that's the stat. I, I, I could be wrong on that. Um, I, but what I will say, uh, is yeah, it's just, they, they know how to win. The legacy is there, um, with that Shiner team. Um, and what I will say with that Shiner team is like, Waxsmith at quarterback was just like he he's a stud for them. I mean he he puts it all on the line for them. That's a great way to go out. Um, just putting it all on the line for in an upset the week before where you had to play Ryan Swarzynski, right? So you know Ryan Swarzynski was you know a hard battle. Um, you know the week before they schemed for him really well and. You know, just now you had to play Bax Townsend. And now I'm 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 gonna talk about Love and Christian here because I have to say it, okay? Skill guys, you're getting every last one of them back. Every last one of these skill guys you're getting back. I heard it from heard it from men. They're all juniors and sophomores, all that kind of stuff, right? Your offense alignment, you're losing three out of your five offense alignment because they're seniors. Um, I heard those are pretty much your 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 better alignment, from what I understand. And they are the senior leaders on that O line. You lose them, and then you lose Bax Townsend. Now, I made the comment with Cypress Christian, and I think Cypress Christian, and, and uh, although Cypress Christian ran a lot, uh, I think Cypress Christian and uh, Lovey Christian are very similar in the way that they rely on that quarterback to make their game work, right? Bax Townsend is relied on so much that it actually is scary for that team, right? I heard from what I, from, from, from what I took away from the conversation I've had, is in that in that Weatherford game when they didn't have him, they didn't know what to do. Guys felt lost. Guys didn't know what to do without backs in that game, and things just started to crumble. And they they didn't have the confidence. You have to gain that trust in which I think is Welker Horn is gonna is gonna be the guy next year. You have to gain your trust in Junior Welker Horn next year. He's a sophomore now, and he'll be a junior. And that 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 whole team's gonna have to you know come together this offseason, you know, play the seven on seven, do all you need to do to work this offseason to get to a stage like that. If you want to be back next year, you have to do that because Ryan Sprzinski is gonna be coming in his senior year and he's gonna be coming to, to make a fight against somebody, right? So he has already proved that he is one of the best. And I feel like he was coming out for revenge because he didn't make state this past this last year. He made it as a sophomore and lost. He didn't make it as a junior, and now he wants it his senior year. So, what a great, what a great, great um, career Bax Townsend had. Uh, shout out um, to uh, Mrs. Torres and uh, Mrs. Townsend, uh, two um, very, very nice moms that um, that were both like very, very nice and very um, supportive of my love of Christian hat as I was there this weekend. Um, I will say very much so. I have great things to say about this entire team, but I had to be real just for a second about this love of Christian team. A great team nonetheless, and uh, I think they can do some good stuff next year. Yeah, D4, in my opinion, had the most interesting storylines throughout the entirety of this season. I think it has the potential to have the most interesting storylines next season as well. I'm looking incredibly forward to how all that plays out, but we will see come August how everything shakes out in that department. But guys, with that being said, without realizing it, we just recapped our final game of the season. Kind of crazy to think about, but like I said, it flew by. It's crazy to think about. Now, moving on into this kind of our last little other news segment to wrap all these things up. We're going to talk about things that we didn't have on our Tap State bingo card. Things that stuck out to us and uh, and surprised us a little bit. So, Walker, it was your idea. It was either your or Ryan's idea. Whoever's idea it was to put the first um, bullet point up there. Please, please discuss it. Yeah, it was me. And, uh, of course, it has to come with the Landrum hit stick on that one of the – I think it was the first quarter. They kind of set the tone for that Cypress team that we're not going to just go away and let them go. Um, well, because, you know, usually quarterbacks don't play both sides. But, you know, Landrum – Let alone lay the wood. <laughs> right. Landrum, Landrum comes out both clubs, right? He takes them off for offense, puts them back on for defense. And what do they run? Just like a kind of – like an out? Just like – 
put that running yeah, back on like, the out. It was either it was either a bubble or a quick out. Right. But it was and somewhere it, where the running back was in space and yeah. Landon ate that space up really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so impressive. And we all went, oh, like, oh, <laughs> this is this I, is the game. And like I, I literally asked, I was like, is that was that Landry that just did that? I was trying to read his number and I was like, oh my gosh, that was my brother. Him. I apologize. I was unfamiliar with your game. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, Hey, if he, if he doesn't want to play quarterback at the next level, some, some coach will find him at Mike linebacker next year and he'll love him there. So, um, He's, that's crazy. Yeah. but yeah, yeah that's incredibly. a big, big hit, man. Very, very impressive. And definitely unexpected. Ryan Schroeder, you brought up the second point. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think it was Demery. I, I want to say it was Demery. Uh, we're, we're what's called, we're on the field, uh, after the game and Demery already has his three other rings that he won already on his hand, ready to flex. And I'm like, like Demery, like they ain't giving you your fourth ring tonight. You got to wait. But like, I was laughing so hard. I was like, he's already flex- flexing the other three that he has, you know, ready for his fourth. Um, but yeah, very, very funny. I, I was like, that's so random. So, so random. I mean, would you not, so would, cold. would you not do it too? I absolutely would it too. I, you got I, to. I like how you bring, you just bring them, you just bring them you know, just in case, right? Well, not just in case they know they're going to win, but you the know, thing is they, 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 he had that planned out. He knew after they won the game, like he, he had got gone through step-by-step and playing this. That's just, that's so, that's so funny to me. All right, moving into the next thing I didn't have on my uh, Tap State bingo card. Um, a DC assistant coach uh, yelling at us mid-game. Not yelling at us, but he was like, basically, um, after after um, after Speedy Nettles uh, took that screen 72 yards to the house, a DC coach looks at us and goes, <laughs> I don't even remember the exact wording. Y'all can correct me if y'all remember. He was like, he was like, Speedy Nettles, press in the state or something like that. And just like yeah. points at us. And we were like, oh, okay, okay. Y'all remember exactly. So I, it was something in that reference, by the way, the reason why he said this is because it referenced to um, a, something that I think I put out uh, after the fourth All Saints game, uh, which was, I think, I think I put out something about, you know, a one player or something like that. Or I've been putting out posts about different players with different things. Many coaches not liking that. Fort Bend, Fort Bend ate that up as well, by the way. Oh, all the four with all yeah, saying stuff. That's, too. That's a, I guess that's another thing we can go yeah. into. Not on our bingo card. <laughs> the receipts that Fort Bend Christian had <laughs> with our Twitter were beautiful. And I get, I'll tip my cap to y'all, man. That was. That was perfect. The best. That was something this- else that they planned. They they planned that as well. Oh, they had they those knew bookmarked. That. They they knew where all of them were. They went immediately to them, and I was like, I was laughing so hard. It's so funny, and it was everybody. It was even Dever. Dever did it as well. Oh, yeah. Dever, oh, yeah. Dever, Dever was clean with it too. Like those guys, they they knew what they were doing. So hats off to them, man. They were. Hey, we love it. We love it. We love it. We love the chirps. Oh, um, skip skip to the Lubbock Christian one, uh, Ryan. This one was one of the funniest ones to me. Oh, this one's hilarious. So basically, which is funny because what was it? The last game, uh, we yeah. had uh, what was it? The they were uh, I think it was uh, I think DC like was DC? it DC fans yeah. yelling at Chris, Coach uh, Coach Hogan? Hogan. Saint Paul. Wait, no, no, no. no, no. no we're talking Hogan. about. So Coach Hogan was like on like like a little off the field, and all the DC fans were like, "Hey, get off the field!" And we were all like, "If you knew what happened last game, you wouldn't have even said yeah. anything." And it goes into the point where like, honestly, like I felt like five of the Lubbock Christian coaches oh, were near the so... on mid game were near the numbers, just they just just going off like coaching their kids up. They were so focused they didn't realize like five of them all went to like almost like and near the numbers and it was just kind of so funny because all the all the china people and even the coach was like what are y'all doing like why are y'all all in the field it was more not like yelling it was more just like what are y'all doing so it was really funny to watch like it was just it, it, was, it was more funny just because of the fact that Bax was snapping the ball and i'm pretty sure coach uh what's uh oh gosh i forgot his name off coach softly head. Coach Shoffley, uh, you know, they're both Coach Shoffley, but, uh, but yeah, it was both of them. Both the Coach Shoffley, uh, you know, uh, guys were both out there so far. So far, uh, like at the, uh, at the at the hash almost. Yeah, oh, clo- maybe even closer, like like near the snap. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's very, very funny, very funny. 
I mean, listen, man, if the refs aren't going to stop it, you might as well just keep doing it until, like, someone tells you not to. But uh, I think Lovett Christian needs a better get-back coach, in my opinion. Everyone I, I needs a get-back coach. Yeah, new hire in the offseason this season. Oh, this, absolutely. This offseason. L- l- keep, keep an eye in the coach transfer portal for uh, for a Lovett Christian get-back coach. But, oh, also this one. We're going to just, like, switch into some other stuff. The Indy 500 happening outside of our Airbnb. Apparently, Walker, I'll let you tell the story, but apparently we stayed in a location that is more or less known for drag racing. And I I probably heard, like, like 10 Hellcats just, just literally, like, from – from like 10 p.m. when we got there until about like 1.30 in the morning when I fell yeah. asleep. So Walker, why don't you enlighten us like by where we were staying? Well, my mom kind of grew up near Waco and had friends in Waco. So she told me like, like I sent her the address, you know, hey, this is where we're staying, all that, you know, being a good son, of course, right? And she goes, oh my gosh, that's right near like where everyone used to, you know, drag race and stuff like that. And some of y'all kids nowadays don't really probably know what that means, but like, Growing up, a lot of our parents probably when they were when they were kids and young, young adults would, you know, they find in their in their town, they would have like one road and they would just go drive up and down it, you know, type of thing. There was no there's no TikTok to scroll through. They were exactly exactly. I know that. I know it's wild for you guys nowadays, but but back in the old man yells at cloud. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Aren't you you 21? Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) it's more the joke that I'm saying it. But um, but yeah, basically, that was the road in Waco that all the cars used to drive down. So we would we got in our Airbnb and we just realized why is the cars or all the cars so loud right outside our door and we realized because my mom was oh yeah that's the road all the cars are going down like all the hellcats and stuff i'm i'm i was clipping all the videos that we had throughout the day all the interviews and all that kind of stuff the table is shaking on the actual like <laughs> kitchen table because all the cars are driving outside now i don't want to be made fun of for this because this this was a very nice place you know whatever on, on the inside whatever but it, you just you couldn't tell from the the pictures how bad the the street got at night but yeah that, oh we gotta get into the next one the next one was oh, oh definitely yeah before so okay so so lunch at george's in waco um george's first of all george's become like a cult like uh a, a cult hero among our podcast every time we're in waco we have to go to george's it's just like tradition between the three of us at this point it's just it hits so hard every time but uh we, i think the three of us figured out more about ourselves and each other in this hour and a half at George's and Waco, then it was more efficient than I think any paid therapy session could have been. It was an odd hour and a half. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts on things discussed at George's without explicitly um, saying things discussed at George's. Yeah. I, I just, I, you people think that, you know, we, we, uh, we know each other really, really well, but you know, honestly, we, we do the podcast and stuff like that. And, you know, we have a group chat, which is our main source of conversation. But, you know, we're not getting on calls every day and stuff like that, you know, and talking and all the time. We don't really have that time to do that with all the other stuff. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was a very good uh, uh, it was a therapy lunch is what we'll call it a therapy lunch. It was it was probably one of the best hour and a half that I've had in the past year. Uh, Walker Lott, your thoughts? Great, great time with the great group of guys, man. This, that would, like I said, I would want I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else out here, man. This is this is why we do it. No, oh, that so is I... so that is so so sweet. But <laughs> that that that's the lunch at George's. Also, um, it's just something else <laughs> random. The, I, who put who put the Jalen Talton video? Was that you? <laughs> so, well, I don't know. We might throw it on the screen now. We might not. I'll leave that up to Walker. But um, mm. just for context, basically, we were on. We my screen time is disgusting from this last week. We were literally on social media all weekend because you know it's our job. But long story short, um, on the podcast account. Um, we only follow like three accounts. So the only thing that popped up at the top of our home screen all weekend was the video Ryan took of Jalen Talton hitting probably the nastiest Euro of all time. So before we were just messing around before we started rolling one of the uh, before we started shooting one of the post game um, post game recaps. And I was just like, oh, 
Oh, Jalen Talton. Oh, <laughs> that's just that's what that video oh, is. Oh, Should have oh. gone on the screen. It, I don't know. It. I don't have much more context. We, we, got, that's literally, we, that's literally we got to we got delirious as the night went on when it came to all these championships. You have to realize we covered four championships and we were there. We were there at Dwayne Wasty Stadium for about ten hours a day. So yeah, we were yeah. there from like from like nine a.m. to like eleven p.m. both days. It was uh it was it was something, man. But um oh another thing I didn't have on the bingo card um the fire alarm going off in the Waco ISD Stadium for like. Two quarters, like two solid quarters. No, like, I feel like it was more than most of the it, game. It, it was really? probably three out of the four quarters. Oh yeah, gosh. it was like right before the right before the game kicked off. We just hear and eh, eh, we like during the national anthem. It was during, yeah, the, it was national during, the, during the national anthem. And you got to remember, like there are like it's like kind of annoying Um, from the it's kind of annoying from the field, but like once like the crowd noise picks up, it kind of like it, it plays itself out. The press box had to have been hell during that time. <laughs> and I, I think it was because we talked to, um, sorry, we talked to Robert Thomas from the Dallas morning news after the game. And he was like, Oh yeah. He was like, whole time loud as all get out. <laughs> I had to sit through that. And I just, dude, I, that's something that like, I can't, I, it's something I just never thought the possibility of happening was a fire alarm going off during a state championship game for the entire game. But, and I, know, I feel it, so bad for taps. That must be the, like the worst where a lot of fire alarms, you, you can't do anything about it. You know, like it just, yeah. Sometimes the system just combusts, you know, and it just combusts in the state title game. I mean, you know, it's of course, if, if something bad can happen, it will happen at the worst possible time. Yeah. But I, guys, I, was, I don't, I, Go I was going to say just one last little thing. It's just, yeah, we already talked about uh, LC, uh, LSCSN, um, just being with them and being with Robert Thomas and all that kind of stuff. We were already talking about them and shouting them out. But I feel like one aspect of this entire weekend is, you know, you kind of meet all the people that are on that Twitter that you can't, you can't really, you put a face to a name a little bit, right? You know, yeah. um, I haven't got to meet a lot of those people. Um in general, you know, we, we read all these articles. I mean, shoot, how many times has Robert written an article that we've read that we didn't even know? Right. Lot, and probably. Yeah. And so it's like, and it comes to, I, I mean, obviously we know the LSCSN guys, but um, no, it, it is really cool getting to meet all of them and really getting to talk to all of them and, you know, getting to have that community time with, you know, not just the um, parents and like, you know, the players and the coaches and stuff like that, but even the other media as well, because, you know, we're trying to build a, a community just larger than you know, larger than just us. Right. We want to be compatible with other, you know, sources to make the, the most out of everybody and, you know, make the most out of, uh, you know, trying to better uh, represent high school athletes in private school. I mean, well, guys, I that I think that ends all the things that we didn't have on our bingo card. All the unexpected. This is like this is like no context TXPS in in a in an episode segment. That's literally what like the last like <laughs> ten minutes was. But also, we're going to move into our final segment for this episode. We're gonna say the top players that we saw this year. It's just kind of off the top of our heads. This isn't really definitive. It's one offense and one defense. I'm blanking on a defensive player because my um. Well, you want me to go you know, first? I, 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 you go first. You go first, Walker. So my one, I went to a lot of games, but a lot of not a lot of private school games. But I want to say the one that really impressed me on defense was Parish DB Comsi Arenza, uh, in the uh, South Oak Cliff game. I believe he had a pick, uh, and some other stuff. So he played a really good game. Um, and I just I think he deserves more attention, uh, on the defensive side. I think he has should get a little a couple better offers than he has. I think I don't know what offers he has on the top of my head. I just think Comsey like is a good player, man, and he's a really good athlete at six two two hundred of like a safety role. He's a good player, man. I thought he played really really good the times I saw him. And the other guy, I think on the offensive side, I had to be Kyle Cole Morgan in that Fort Bend game. He went off, and it was so much fun to watch him just dominate every other team he played. Um, he's a great player and I think he deserves D1 attention. And if not, I hope he, if he wants to walk on somewhere, I hope he absolutely finds a great place to do it. Um, I think he's a really good player. The other defensive guy, I'm going to say another parish guy. I think James cave is such an underrated talent, man. I love James cave. I think he's a great player, big, nasty. He's a great defensive end. Um, the college is going to get very lucky if some if a college sneaks in and tries to offer him late. He, they're going to be a great. They're going to be. They're going to find a great asset in James Cave. 
completely agree. I think Cave is such just a good collegiate prospect. I think if he gets more, like I think if more people just get eyes on him, he will receive more offers. I think he has a great opportunity at Paris to do that. He's just a fantastic athlete. But in terms of mine, I'm going to say there's a tie on offense and defense. I'm going to say there's a tie for first on offense. Uh, Cole Allen, first of all, just whenever I saw him play, um St. Thomas um in one of the opening games of the season he had a catch that was just one of the craziest things I've ever seen it's just you don't expect it looking at him because he's not overwhelmingly you know physically imposing but he is just so freakishly talented and just for only a sophomore two more years he's just so good so it's him and then the other guy's Brady Dever I mean Brady Dever just for the fact that he is probably the best pure gamer i've ever seen it's just if you if speaking in basketball terms if the clock is ticking down and somebody has to make a three to win the game you want the ball in brady Devers' hands i mean i saw that all season i saw it all last season i just think he's he's you know one of the best offensive players i've seen so far in terms of defense um I hate to go back to Fort Ben. Max Granville, man. Max Granville is a monster. I remember I was talking to Walker before the D2 title game, and I basically just said um, Granville is elite, but the best thing about Granville is he does not disappear. He does not just go radio silent. He doesn't have these huge games and then just do absolutely nothing. He is consistently wreaking havoc. He's having to fight through double teams, and he's just consistently making impacts on the game. He did it every game in the playoffs it was just incredibly just fun to see great talent power five recruit for a reason ryan schroeder to finish us off here who just give us your top players on offense and defense okay uh they they're in the same district so i I just i have to bring that out front first my offensive guy although i only saw him once in person and he was a stud in their loss and I saw him throughout the entire year on live streams in, you know, my little cave here. Um, the war room. The war room. Sorry, I almost, for, almost forgot the name of it. Uh, Brady Janusek. I mean, he is a stud, and it is just – it is proven – um, that he has been a stud. I'm uh, let me read let me read this out to you, by the way. This was posted on November 2nd. This was his end of this regular season um stats. 63 receptions for uh uh 1044 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns, 32 carries for 244 rushing yards, and five touchdowns, 35 tackles, three interceptions, eight uh pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. That was his 2022 um, season, and he was only a sophomore. Uh, so I think you can understand why the 6'3", 190-pound, um, 4.2 GPA stud uh, is probably deserving to get looks at right now. Um, you know, I, I, I could definitely see him just evolving evolving over the years. Um, th- that team is only, I feel like it's going to get better. Um, and definitely with Janicek, he kind of like, he kind of like makes that team, you know, Va- Vaughn was a big part of that team too this year, but you know, Janicek just really helps. Like, you know, he, he's, he, he is the definition of an athlete for this team. Right. Um, so shout out Brady Janicek, uh, definitely probably my, uh, I, I, just seeing, I loved how I got to see him over the entire time on the live streams and then saw him in person against all saints. It was kind of like, you know, the final, final boss of seeing Brady Jansek, but uh, no, my defensive guy has to, without a doubt, be Robert Sanders. Um, I, I think you, you can understand, you know, Robert has been, you know, just that, that guy this season. Um, he, I, I want to look at his stats for, for sure, but he plays he plays his position so well um and he's such a scary guy to match up against right uh, not a guy that you ever ever want to just you know yeah i i'm gonna tell you right now there are teams that were afraid of him for sure just because of how smart he is how much time he takes to get uh to you know read into a playbook um and he um, honestly is just someone that will go the distance do whatever it takes in order to win Princeton commit, um, and he's the three-star. Yeah, I think he's the first three-star from what I heard, first three-star in Princeton history, and they are so excited to have him there. Um, uh, apparently, you know, I, from, I, th- I think when they went up to uh, uh, Pennsylvania for their game earlier this year, um, he got to go see Princeton, and uh, I think Princeton's in Pennsylvania, right? I'm not crazy for that. Probably. So, 
It's it's almost midnight. I'm not gonna be New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. Well, I bet it was close enough for he went over there as well. But basically they they saw him and uh they they were really excited to have him. Um so yeah, Robert Sanders a stud, and uh there's a reason why people are scared to play against you. You are definitely one of the best defensive players I've seen this year. Yeah, it is so yeah, Princeton's near they're right Philadelphia or sorry, Pennsylvania and New Jersey are like right next to each other. So you're right. Continue. I should have known that. My dad's from New Jersey and went to school in Philadelphia. Sad. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the segment we like doing at the end of each year. It's always fun on a recap episode to say, like, who are some of the best players we got to see in person? You know, it's just it's fun. It's a good way to bring the season together and just give some more give some more shine to players that deserve it. But. With that being said, that actually concludes all of the content we have to get through this episode. Um, it was just such a fulfilling time for me to be able to be in Waco this weekend. And like y'all both, I'll echo what y'all both said. Building this community is the most important thing to me. I love getting to just meet people, shake hands, talk to everyone involved in private school football and private school sports. It just, it makes me happy and fulfills me in a sense that quite frankly, I don't think anything else, anything else does. So I'll, I'll get off my soapbox and quit being a sappy for a moment. Walker Lot, your closing thoughts on the episode in this 2022 football season. Yeah, uh, just thank you. I guess that's the end of the bottom line is just thank you for uh, letting us do this and tuning in every week. It's been so much fun um, doing this. It's 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 something I haven't – there's some joy from this that I haven't had before in my life, just being able to cover guys. And there were moments this weekend that I just remember, and I'm like, yep, that's why I do this. Like, that's this is why we do it. And uh, – it's just so much fun that we were able to bring so much like just happiness and joy and a little bit more uh, to y'all. And uh, I know high school football only lasts for four years, but I'm glad I'm able, we're able to uh, make these four years much better than they are already. And even that's already even good that we just top it off and make it a little bit better. And in many ways. So I'm just thankful for, for y'all just tune in every week. I'm glad we've built this community so much. Uh, and I, hopefully my thing is I, hopefully my one takeaway that I hopefully uh, y'all have taken out is that y'all know more about the teams y'all play. And just because in high school, a lot of times, like uh, a lot of people, you might just go play the team and you might know a number, but you don't know about the team and how their team is. And I hope y'all know about the teams you face a little bit more and kind of build that community. That's kind of at the end of the day, that's kind of one I want. Yeah, definitely. So it's all about tying everyone together and bringing everyone closer that we interact with. Ryan Schroeder, you will have the last word here. Your your closing thoughts on the 2022 football season. I may have one more bingo card. I forgot to say that. Um, Please slide it in. My other bingo card, uh, and I think it's a good one. Bax Townsend, um, during the alma mater, um, telling his boys that he wants to play Call of Duty tonight um, instead of, you know, anything else they could have been doing. They they literally said, word for word, as you can see uh, from our video, uh, let's custom games this thing, boy. So that's my final comment. It's it's elite. It's it's exactly what I would have done after winning a state championship, to be frank with you. It's it's just it's fun to see, you know, that these 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 kids that play football are actually like real people and have real interests like the rest of us. Just humanizing it makes it so much more interesting and fulfilling. But guys. All that being said, that will actually conclude this episode. And obviously, I keep sighing like it's the last episode of the year. It is not. We will have a lot in the coming weeks. We will be working on the award show. You'll see videos regarding that. You'll see videos regarding – go on, Walker. Uh, Award show, we're switching it up a little bit. So it's going to be – I think we're going to take out some stuff to make it more easier, not where it's put out in March. So be on the lookout for that. I'll probably – we'll probably take a break for, you know – uh, for finals next week for us and you know worry about that and then probably what we'll talk next probably the next episode is we do some off-season topics and talk about all district all state lists that's probably the next episode you'll see from us I'll probably yeah. put a Q&A on our story as well. Um, I also, me me running those stories every Wednesday night or Thursday night or whatever is also probably the most fun I had this year <laughs> about everyone chirping each other right before games. That was awesome. Ryan, what were you going to say? Yeah, look out for some basketball stuff as well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have some basketball content. I know some people 
are already excited to see some guys play. I've already seen a couple of games. I, you know, I saw some games on Thursday, um, you know, this past week as well. So trying to do that. Uh, if you want to give a follow to our other account, TXPS basketball, um, just hit a thousand followers on uh, Twitter. So yeah, we're trying to trying to build that one as well. Um, and yeah, it should be branded in the few, uh, like in the upcoming weeks, a little bit more like ours, um, like the TXPS podcast. That way you will officially know what is our branding and what, uh, what is not us as well. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's just it. for further clarification, anything with TXPS in front of it is our branding. Anything that does not have that is not us, but, and also to echo the basketball stuff, I will be covering the Wagstaff tournament in Tyler, as I do every year this weekend, I'm covering the private schools in that I'm very excited to see who rolls up and competes in there. But that being said, we have a lot more content rolling out in the coming weeks, just because football stops does not mean we stop at all, but We'll take a break for finals, recharge, and then start pumping out more content for y'all to enjoy. But all that being said, I have been one-third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.